0: What is going on everybody and welcome back to the show with me, Connor Warman. I've got a great show for you guys today. I'm really excited to dive into it. Super cool story. Great conversation. But first, I just wanted to remind you guys that you can go find us on Instagram, Up Before You Won. Facebook, Up Before You Won. And now Twitter, Up Before You Won. So go check us out on that. Give us a like You can stay up to date with all our latest content, what we're doing, the guests we're having on the show, other things we're doing. we got some really cool stuff coming up, so I'm excited for you guys to go check that out. Also, please go like us on Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star rating and a review if you have been a long-time listener of the show. I really appreciate the feedback, good or bad. Thank you for that. And you can also find us on Spotify or basically wherever else that you get your podcasts. Okay. Continuing today with the Up Before You Legends series, I bring back Eric Stewart. Eric is a very high-energy, high-intensity guy in the CrossFit box, and today we talk about CrossFit, we talk about uh, the RP challenge that he's about to participate in, uh, nutrition, we talk about traveling the world, where he's been, where he wants to go, we dive into some stuff about Canada, because Eric is um, from Canada. So we dive into all that. We just have a great conversation. It was a lot of fun. Great to catch up with Eric. Great to talk to him again. It was an honor to have him back on the show. So now, without further ado, Eric Stewart.
1: Eric Stewart, how's it going, man? It is going great, Connor Warman. Thanks for having me, my friend. Thanks for coming back, man it's it's a pleasure i'm figuring you know you're you're doing well and and i'm, I'm surprised i'm figuring there would be like you know famous people or somebody that, that you'd have like on the list above me so i'm flattered thanks you're
0: famous you're famous to me
1: <laughs> well i appreciate it and right back at you my friend
0: so how things been how's um how's the gym how's all that stuff going
1: um, well, you know, holiday time things are always a little bit different. Mm-hmm. You know, people have different schedules. People go away. Um, you know, it's been a it's funny because it's been a a leaner week in terms of numbers of people. I don't know if the the wad scared people away or anything, <laughs> but you'd think that with people having different eating and drinking habits over the holidays, they'd really mm-hmm. want to they'd really want to work out. But yeah, per- I agree. apparently not.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah, I could see that, but I guess some people just like to kind of just go check out for a week. You know, you well, get the, here's my thing: you get the New Year's resolutions people with I do not like. Do you do New Year's resolutions? I th- I did one
1: In my whole life the, For for Y2K And how oh. That was the only time In my life I've made a New Year's resolution I just It seemed to me Like you know I'm not a bucket list person I'm not a New yeah. Year's resolution person So I, I did one in, in my life And See, that was I,
0: uh, Yeah I, I cannot stand New Year's resolutions I mean why not Like I just don't understand Why it has to be January 1st
1: Why can't we just Hold ourselves accountable The rest That's of the year think, too I mean know? Why put all your eggs Because then you basket? get people Who are like Oh I no I'm waiting till the first <laughs> <laughs> Dude it's it's Thanksgiving <laughs> And then and then they're so out of shape or whatever the yeah. case is that they can't they can't live up to it. So yeah,
0: I saw a good post the other day. It was someone like like the person who tries to eat everything and drink everything before January first because they're going to start this diet. It's like, well, when you start a diet, like those things don't have to go
1: away. Like they're all fine in moderation. You don't have to like the world's not ending. It I mean it really is dieting. Really is a lifestyle, is yeah, it? It, it really is. And, and I think the things that you and I do, and lots of people that we know do, allow us to you know indulge once in a while. Exactly. Yeah, no, I'm definitely, I'm definitely not a, I'm definitely not a, a New Year's resolution. So, but what I, was your resolution in Y2K? You're gonna laugh. Survive? No, it was. Didn't everybody well, the, think of it
0: they were gonna well, die? Um,
1: no, no, I knew, I knew, I, I had a very good feeling that <laughs> when the clock struck twelve, everything was gonna be fine. I, I actually, that was back in the day when I was really, really thin, and my okay. resolution was to go to the gym faithfully. So, I guess the one, as, as we're sitting here talking about health and fitness, the one resolution I had was a good one, and I had just always sort of ducked going to the gym for so long Mm. and 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 I got into the gym and here here we are 20 years later and it happened yeah
0: absolutely what did you start off doing
1: oh I mean think about you know your your weightlifting 101 going I probably did like too much chest like you know probably (laughs) every other day and then I felt really strong when I would do decline press because you can do more you can cheat a little bit um and then you know it was sort of you know a chest day and a shoulders day and a back day you know I had no I had absolutely no idea what I was doing um, this was when I was in in grad school in Indiana, and I'd go into the gym, and there'd be these great big, you know, monster three hundred pound guys, and I was like half that weight. But it was <laughs> it, but I got in, and it, you know, I, I kept my I kept my resolution, and I got in. And I just went every day, and just started. It's amazing. You just start to feel better. Yeah, don't you love that? Was like a, Glo- a Globo gym, right? Don't you love those gyms? Oh, well, it was funny because there was. There was this section of the gym where there was this sort of little little area with a couple of special sort of um, bench press and, and mostly chest stuff, and there were no official rules that you couldn't go there without like a you sort of, I'm putting this in air quotes for your listeners here, a, a membership. But I think the understanding was you had to be able to lift a certain amount to go mm. in there. And so, you know, I would always work out as far away from that corner of the gym as I possibly could because I, you know, again, sort of felt intimidated. didn't feel worthy of kind of going over Are to that corner. Are you talking
0: about muscle beats across the thing?
1: I could be, could I, you know, and <laughs> except they hide around the corner. Yeah. There's like an L for people who haven't yeah, seen yeah. there, and they're kind of in the back. We just hear them once <laughs> in a while. No, these guys Grunting. were like front and center. There was like a step up, too, so yeah, they yeah. were like elevated above us. Well, I always laugh at like going
0: into a global <laughs> gym because you see, like the, like you said, the big people but then the legs, the legs are small. (laughs) Well, and they, they don't have necks and (laughs) (laughs) it's so funny. So, so you started working out and you've been faithful to it since then.
1: Yeah. I mean, um, I got, I got married shortly after that and we had, Julie and I had Colin and I gained, I gained like 15 pounds of sympathy weight when Julie was pregnant with Colin. Um, and then, you know, lost a little bit of it and kept you know kept working out but but you know ate and got a little bit lazy and it's called sympathy weight for a reason it's funny though. I have this picture and people don't believe me when I tell them you know I was I was a lot thinner than I am now but I had this gut and people are like I cannot imagine you with a gut and I've got a picture of me with a shirt off holding Colin when he's just like I don't know maybe a couple of weeks old and he's resting on my belly and people like (laughs) man that's not you like who, who who stood in for you on that one um who superimposed your face onto that body. But that was, I mean, that's what it is. I mean, that's what life is too. But again, it's sort of, you bounce back from that and I didn't like the way that I felt or looked and I, and I kind of got right back on the, got right back on the horse. Yeah, that is
0: crazy. I can't picture that at all. (laughs) That's hilarious. So you mentioned before this, you're about to start RP. Have you ever done
1: any sort of diet thing like that or just kind of, what do you usually do? Never. I have never followed any kind of guideline in terms of eating. I've always just sort of you know, red packages, red labels, eating what I thought was was healthy. And certainly when you work out the way that we do, you don't want to, you know, throw poison into your body and yeah. eat a lot of fast food and things. Like seriously, I used to eat McDonald's once a week when I lived really? in the city. I think I eat it maybe twice a year. And after you and I had our, our four hour and 48 minute mm-hmm. workout with Dane <laughs> a couple of weeks back, um, I went to McDonald's and I treated the boys. And we all just kind of finished our meals and slept for three hours in the middle of the morning <laughs> because we were so so tired and mm-hmm. filled up with all that chemical crap that they put okay. in it. So
0: it's one hundred percent beef. Oh you know that, right? yeah, well that's <laughs> that's what they say. So wait, how long had it been since you had McDonald's before that?
1: For probably, probably, uh, probably six months. Hmm. Special occasions, you know, maybe. Uh, and when I say special occasions, I say it with a smirk. Um, Parents will get this joke on a Sunday morning when you're not really feeling like doing much because Saturday night's been a late night and mom or dad goes to McDonald's and brings McDonald's home for the kids for brunch and <laughs> and that's when we normally eat it. So
0: <laughs> That's hilarious. But yeah, so RP, have, you've never done it?
1: No. I haven't, but I've seen enough people do it at the yeah, gym and, and they've gone time, through enough right? cycles and the, the transformations that people go through is, is pretty amazing from, mm-hmm. from people who want to get stronger to people who want to get leaner to for people who just want to literally drop, you know, 15, 20 pounds and everybody seems to come close to exactly what they wanted to do. Um, which I think is a pretty amazing thing. I'd say that speaks for itself. So Craig's kind of doing the heavy sell on the rp and i just thought okay this is this is the time it's time for me to do it so what are
0: you trying to do with it which one are you gonna do i
1: want to i want to i know it sounds funny i want to lean just a bit but i want to put on i don't know probably eight to ten more pounds um just because you know it would be nice it would be nice to get a little bit stronger and be a little bit bigger but i don't want to i don't want to gain 15 or 20 pounds i'd like to be able to lift a little bit more you know Cronin made me um commit and I'm glad he did I shouldn't say like like he held my feet to the fire or anything but he's like come on man you're not on the goals board what do you want to do he's like think of something reasonable and so I want to clean and jerk my body weight which I haven't come close to doing and all the other things I can do I figure I should probably be able to do that Mm -hmm. so that's the goal I wrote down on the board yesterday for Cronin so Cronin thank you thank you for making (laughs) me do that and I think um I don't know I think RP is going to help me help me kind of focus on that too so
0: yeah that'll be good it'll be tough though like leaning out though a little bit don't you think
1: I mean I, I don't have a lot of weight to lose to begin yeah, with. Exactly. I wanna but you know, talking to talking to Craig and talking to other people about it, there is a way to gain. Mm-hmm. I might have to speak to Muscle Beach and joking about about uh, the, the boys in the back, <laughs> I might have to join them a couple of times a week and yeah. cut down a little bit on the cardio and just go more, mm-hmm. more heavy. But I mean, if that's what I got to do, that's what I got to do. So,
0: so you're
1: fifty-two right now. I am fifty-two.
0: Fifty-two. Well, yeah. So what, like, what keeps you going in the gym at this age? Because like, I feel like a lot of people your age,
1: especially your age, start to kind of wind down a little bit. I think it's a couple of things. First of all, I think that I, I realized, you know, I didn't like I said my my one New Year's resolution. I was in two thousand. I was thirty-two. And I'd never really seriously lifted weight. So that's kind of a late start, but, you know, not unheard of, did that. And as you know, as the the days and the weeks and the years go on, not that I regret starting late because mm-hmm. it's better than not starting at all, but I just think, okay, what could I have done if I had started earlier? What could I have been? And then you get like a PR in the gym. And this is the other part of it is like, you're working out with people who are ringing the bell and getting PRs and doing things that they've never done before and you know then one day I'll do like a, uh, a strict handstand push-up or something which I've never done before, I'll do a muscle up and I, I keep doing these things at 50 plus. It's funny, I, my sons and I were joking about it. I made a list in the, since I turned 50, I learned how to solve a Rubik's cube. I, lear- <laughs> I learned how to play chess. Mm. I learned how to do a muscle up. and yesterday, and this is embarrassing but I'm happy about it yesterday was the first day in my life that I changed a tire by myself. Oh, I wow. just never I just never done it. So yeah. you know what people? age doesn't it's never matter too late to learn keep going and as long as my body keeps holding up and maybe the diet will help too yeah. i don't know just being this age i can still i can still do things in the gym that i've never been able to do in my entire life and so there's no reason for me to say well i did five things this year then now i'm done i just let me do five more let me do five more and let me keep going
0: when and how did you learn how to play chess How'd that come about?
1: My son Colin taught me um, really? a couple of years ago. He And it's amazing because he kind of taught himself because he didn't have a dad to teach him because I yeah. didn't know how to play. <laughs> and it's you talk about regrets. That's the one thing I think if I would played for the last 40 years, because I'm, I'm okay now. I figure I'd be a pretty darn good chess player if i had been mm-hmm. playing for 40 yep. years. But I didn't know how to play. And he taught himself to his credit. And I was really jealous. We went on vacation one year. And this kid had like his portable vacation plastic sheet with the big pieces chessboard, and him and Colin. This kid, Colin's never met. They're playing chess. I'm like, ah, oh, you know what? When we get home, I'm gonna have him teach me. And he, and he, to his credit, he had patience, a lot more patience than I have when I'm teaching him how to drive. <laughs> <laughs> and and he taught me how to play chess. And now, you know, the computer makes it easy to play repetitiously. You know, online, playing a lot of other people and playing the computer. And I've been playing for like two and a half years now. Do you great. watch any TV shows? Um, I do have a couple of TV shows. I'm still um, I'm still a Walking Dead fan. I'm hoping is this that is still on. It's still on. Is Rick still alive? So Rick was supposed to have died, although it looks like Jadis took him away in this helicopter. And now there's the Fear of the Walking Dead series, and now there's this special two-season oh, Walking geez. Dead and Beyond. Wow. And I think all three seasons are going to sort of come to a head this year. I have a feeling that it might be it for all three shows this yep. year. yeah. I hope it is because it is kind of dragging on but the I don't know the the end of the last season of Walking Dead I was pretty satisfied with so
0: yeah no I was wondering because you brought up chess you watched the Queen's Queen's Gambit
1: have I have it? not yet watched an episode a
0: book? it's about it, book or...
1: it's well it's I mean it's based on a real story yeah okay. um, you know about a girl playing a game who mm-hmm. at the time exclusively boys and men played and um, it's a really neat backstory but about how she learned she, she was amazing and I haven't watched it yet um I'm I'm looking forward to it. I, yeah. I was hey, I was supposed to binge with Colin. We were supposed to oh, watch really? it over the break, and now here we are, it's the day before New Year's and we haven't cracked an episode yet. Yeah, but, I just
0: caved know. and I started watching it slowly but surely.
1: I'm looking forward to it.
0: It is good, but I hate shows with an hour that are an hour long. It's just too long.
1: Is it because there's no ads? Or are there ads on it? Or no, is there's it no just ads. like it so it's an, an hour solid of, of hour. program? Well, I mean you gotta really like it then.
0: You really gotta like
1: it. Do you think that you would watch an hour long show if it was just like on CrossFit? maybe depends what about <laughs> what about CrossFit well yeah because they make those documentaries those are good like well, two hours I think maybe it goes to the it goes to the the quality of the filmmaker as well mm-hmm. I mean it's hard to keep somebody entertained for an hour mm-hmm.
0: that's true <laughs> it really is especially in today's age Everybody is so fast like you want
1: things so fast well and you know I think kids get so distracted and people in general get so distracted I mean think about I don't know if you remember, you know, 10 or 12 years ago before your smartphone. I mean, mm. what did we do? I, I mean, hardly remember that. We had <laughs> con- we had conversations like you and I are having yeah, like eye yeah. to eye right now. People yeah. talked to each other yeah. and, and people didn't look in their phones and get distracted yeah. like they do nowadays. So. so do you think that's changing people?
0: Like people um, don't have as much patience?
1: I don't know. I don't know about the patience. It definitely is changing people. Um, my I guess my data, my gauge would be, you know, I've been teaching for 15 years now. And when I started teaching... There were no smartphones, mm-hmm. but kids had it was a it was like the the biggest crime within a class like if somebody's phone rang in their pocket, I mean <laughs> phones beep and ring and stuff goes on all the time now. And the rules it's funny how the rules have evolved like from mm, computers yeah. and 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 the internet to the, like kids having phones in class and and things like that. And I've definitely seen I've seen kids grammar and punctuation suffer because mm-hmm. they live in a world where they're just typing everything in at 140 or 280 characters or they're sending just little cute you know, tags on their, on their Instagram and their Snapchat and kids claim that it doesn't affect their writing at school. They're like, Oh no, I wouldn't write like that. And then I'll like show them their paper. I'll say, okay, well, why is I not capitalized? And why did you say you with the letter U and things like that? And they're like, Oh, well, I did that was just one example. I'm like, no, you just said to me that it doesn't affect you. And I mean, even great, brilliant a students, and it doesn't matter um, it, whether it's an A student or a struggling student you, with a kid who maybe doesn't like English as their favorite subject. Um, it it definitely affects them, but it also affects like I find attention because kids are so used to reaching into their pockets, picking out their phones because these are the kids. This is the these are the digital natives. These are the kids who grew up the first generation with phones from day one. And I mean, think about it when you were a kid. I think about when I was a kid. You know, when I was a kid, we didn't even have a remote control for TV. You had to get mm-hmm. up and like actually turn the dial on the television. Mm-hmm. So again, there was sort of more of like a, an mm-hmm. interactive quality to it. But yeah,
0: that is crazy. People actually write
1: you the letter U all the time, really? all the time. That's so yes. weird.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't even text that. Like,
1: that's just weird. Well, I never would ever text you. Like, you're you're a good U. man. Thanks. You, you should audit. You should audit one of my English classes then, because yeah. you'll get an A. <laughs>
0: So you teach English. Have you always taught English? Is that, I, was that always like what you wanted to do?
1: Um, okay, so those are two separate questions. I have I have always taught English. That's okay. been the, that's been the subject that I've always taught. Um, so truth be known, when I was an undergrad, I wanted to teach. I wanted to teach physette. I thought, what a great thing, because I always you know I always played sports. Um, I thought, why not teach and be a gym rat and do all of these things? And wait, but
0: this was undergrad, so weren't you like out of shape or not yet?
1: I was just really thin. Okay, I was just I was the I was the original ninety eight pound weakling on the beach getting sand kicked in his face.
0: <laughs> getting sand kicked in his face,
1: and I was and I was too, and then I went to college and I was too interested in like playing cards and and drinking beer than I was in focusing on my studies, which got me into a whole lot of trouble in my first couple of years of university. <laughs> um, but I was I want you know I thought phys ed, gym stuff, teaching, good good lifestyle. But I realized that there was or I realized too late there was way more of a commitment needed, and I you know I got into a lot of trouble and I got booted out of college after my second year because my GPA was so microscopic that they couldn't measure it. And so <laughs> I spent I spent a whole year like working factory jobs, driving forklifts, loading machines and yep. and it was great. Um, you know, I always think that people should have to have a restaurant job at some time in their lives. Mm. I also think people should have to do some sort of manual physical work mm. yep. because it is A, it's good for you. I mean it's yeah. super healthy. Um but at the time I was thinking, you know, here are these people who without complaining are doing this thing and I'm miserable and I'm complaining and I had so much respect for the people who I worked with um, who this was their only opportunity. Maybe they didn't have the chances that I had in life and I think I had a a really crappy chip on my shoulder because, you know, my parents gave me a lot of opportunities that not a lot of people in life have and I screwed up. I screwed up big time and they didn't kick me out. They let me stay there but I worked and I paid rent in my own house and that was the way that it should have been and I and I have to work like a midnight shift mm. and it really was such a good eye opener to see people who didn't have a third of what I had growing up and this was their only opportunity and I'm like you know what if I get a second chance I'm going to make the best of my second chance but you know it's it's a good it's a good learning experience for people and it made me appreciate the work, and I actually, when I was in college, then when I got, when I got, when I got back in, I had to like uh, pretty much beg. I had to appeal to get back into university after I'd been suspended, and every summer for like three or four more years. I had this job in a factory that my uncle had gotten me a job and this cable and wire factory where I like drove a forklift and I worked night shifts as like a kid in his early 20s when people were usually like going to the beach, you know, it's summertime, you're in college, you have your like your, your little minimum wage day job just yeah. to like appease your parents and then you go and your party every night where I was like working nights and but I was making a ton of money because I had a good, yeah. it was a good union mm-hmm. job and you know, just good good life experience things and again, you know, people say, well, if you could have done something differently, I, I don't know, it made me it toughened me up. It made me who I am. So, so who do you think you would be if you wouldn't have like messed up like that? And you would have just kind of like
0: just going on, not get kicked out of school and all that and just going on straight, straight sport.
1: Um, well, I'm, I'm sure I would have been a phys ed teacher and I'm sure I would have been a, I would have been a fine phys ed teacher, but I would have been, I, would, <laughs> I probably would have been like the skinniest phys ed teacher. Like mm-hmm. I really, I really think that all, all the things that have happened in my life, have sort of been like this progression and you learn again you, you know you are the sum of your parts and you learn from your mistakes and you know I can't sort of pinpoint like if this had been different like sort of drawing like a like a time map like in the back to the future movies or something mm-hmm. but you know if if things had been different I probably would have ended up still teaching but I don't think that I would have been nearly as satisfied as I am now because I love the school I teach at I, I've had great all the three schools I've taught at um, I've been I've been really happy and met some amazing people and had great experiences with totally different like student bodies and different like diverse groups of kids and it's you know again you know I'm I'm 52 going on 53 I am the sum of my parts up to this point from from working out from things that I've done professionally from you know travel I've had so you know you keep going. Do you have a moment like in any
0: time throughout your life where like you thought this like this moment really really sucks? I might never get out of this, but now you look back and like I'm very grateful for that.
1: When I first got kicked out of university, I remember mm-hmm. I remember knowing that it was ha- going to happen, and sort of for two or three days, you know, I was what was I? I was 20, and I was living in denial, and I was still you know going out and goofing around with my friends, knowing that the letter was coming in the mail, knowing, 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 and the letter came in the mail, and you know I. I was I was I wasn't working, I was I was home in the summer and I got the letter and I remember handing it to my parents going, You're not gonna like this and they were I mean, they were disappointed, but again to the eternal credit that I give my parents for having for having saintly patience with me. You know, they were really upset and they were embarrassed and they felt bad for me. Um, that, you know, never once did they ever put any guilt on me, like, oh, you know, you're, you've shamed the family, you've embarrassed us or anything, but they just said, okay, well, it's you, you have to change. You obviously need a lifestyle change right now. Cause you goofed around for two years. And, um, that was, yeah, man, that was rock bottom. That was mm-hmm. probably the lowest, the lowest point of my life. Um, and that was, like I said, that was when I started, you know, I started working hard labor jobs, like working in the factory, working midnight shift, Things that I never thought that I would do, and that that changed that changed me pretty quickly. I have to say,
0: yeah. And so now looking back,
1: you're almost grateful that that did happen. I am. That's a, mm-hmm. Connor. That's a really good question because yeah. again, a lot of people might say, "Oh, you know, I wish that had never happened." Mm-hmm. I'm so glad that it happened. Again, we. You know, people talk about you learn from your mistakes. Well, mm-hmm. I hope that you learn from your mistakes. I hope everybody learns from their mistakes. If they don't, then they're fools. <laughs> I made so many mistakes that I was not learning from, and I kind of was at the end, and I didn't have another chance, and I kind of I, I realized and I made the lifestyle change that I had to make at that time to start getting up early and start going to the job that I was doing or or, you know, working nights and not seeing anybody and not going out for weeks and weeks. And you know, think about it, you're like twenty years old. You're used to going out with your friends all the time. Yeah. And all of a sudden that plug is pulled. I yeah. mean, you are unplugged. You are you are on your own wow. island where you work and you sleep. And you pay your rent and then you rinse repeat. And that's what it was. But that's so absolutely what I needed to give me some kind of, I know, some kind of routine. And I think I'm very much a person of routine now getting up at you yeah. know four in the morning to go to CrossFit at five. So.
0: Now, what do you think would have happened if you wouldn't have made a change then?
1: Um, well, I probably would have got kicked out of the house, <laughs> 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 and and again, I would have I would have despised my parents' decision for that. But it, again, it probably would have been the right decision. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I if I hadn't made a change, I would have kept going down the wrong path every time mm-hmm. I had a decision to make I'm sure I would have made the wrong decision mm-hmm. and it's you know again you tell it's funny as a teacher as a parent you, you tell kids about learning from their mistakes and listen I know you don't want to listen to a lecture but um, and I think again to my parents credit I think they didn't they didn't lecture me they just said look at what you look at where you are look at the potential you had look where you were two years ago when you graduated from high school look what you're where you were supposed to be now you're not there we love you. We don't hate you. We love you, but we have told you so many times. Mm-hmm. Now it's time for you to kind of get off your butt and start doing what you need to do. And I always have to, I have to give them my undying credit for that. Mm-hmm. So,
0: yeah. And as a teacher and as a parent, what do you think the best approach is to like, cause like you said, like if, if you go to a kid and tell them, Hey, like don't do this or don't do that, or you'll regret this. Like, they're really not going to listen to you. What do you think the best way to get through to them is?
1: I mean, a lot of the time, you're absolutely right. They're not. And you can you can think that you're a, a, a sensible adult or an intelligent person or a good teacher, and, and you know, because at any given time, when you're standing in front of a class of 25 or 30 kids, like four of them are having the worst crisis of their life that morning, and they've tuned you out, and then like two others just broke up with their, their boyfriend or the girlfriend and they're not listening and somebody's got a big zit and they're not listening and, and like all these things. And and people will laugh when I tell them this, but you know, you stand there and you realize, okay, I'm just one person. And I just try to, I don't know, I try to be human with the kids. And I always tell kids early on in school and I remind them over the course of the year that I'm going to learn way more from them than they are going to learn from me. I'm like, there's 25 of you, there's one of me, you're going to learn more from each other then you're going to learn from me. And I'm going to learn more from you than you're going to learn from me. And it's true. And I think half of them believe it on day one and half of them are extremely skeptical. Um, But if it comes to like one of those points I think you're getting at about advice, I just say, listen, I hate being told, you know, you'll understand this when you're older. So I'm not telling you that. Mm. But then I'll tell them, you know, my parents are in their 70s and and I'm 50 And they still tell me, you know what, you'll understand this when you're older because there's things at 52 that I don't understand that my parents understand now in their 70s. They're they're just our things. And so I'll kind of make kids realize, you got to show a little bit of vulnerability, I guess. And I say, look, sometimes I get lectured to by my parents. I don't want to lecture you, but here's what I just saw you do. Here's how I think you should do it differently next time. Kind of, and I don't say take it or leave it, but you kind of leave it at that. So it's not you telling a kid what to do. It's you saying to a kid, Here is what you did, and Mm -hmm. you and I are both going to agree. Here's what you just did. Here's what I might have done differently. Here's maybe what you should do differently next time. And I don't know. I think a lot of the time kids respond to that. I mean, not always, and then you try try plan B the next time. Mm -hmm. But one thing that I remember in teaching college was um, Professor Yanoff. He always told me. He's like, if you have two exchanges with a kid, if there's like a point of contention, and you go back and forth twice, and the issue hasn't been resolved, He's like, you've already lost, so move on and go on to something mm-hmm. else. Because then the kid's just going to go, oh, here's this teacher trying to change my mind, mm-hmm. and he hasn't changed my mind, so I win. So then, if you walk away, then maybe actually you give him like a little like backhand, metaphorically, mm-hmm. and then the kid's like, oh man, he just walked away. I thought I was about to win this argument. So lots <laughs> of tricks. Sometimes they went. You. Sometimes he you went. You. you just you have to accept that. It's not winning and losing. Sometimes it's just coming out with the best possible result at mm-hmm. the moment, which still might suck, Yeah, but it's better than something worse. Mm-hmm. It's better than it being a total disaster. Yeah. So, And you've had the opportunity to travel a little bit, right, around the world? Um, I
0: have. Where have you been?
1: So um, I've lived in... I've lived in a number of different places. So my dad We're was from in the, Canada. So I'm from, I'm from the province of Manitoba, from Winnipeg, really. And my dad was in the Air Force. So we moved to a bunch of different places in Canada. Um, lived in Bloomington, Indiana when I was in graduate school. And obviously now live in, live in Barrington and lived in Chicago. Um, for six months of my life, when I worked at Club Med, I lived <laughs> on a Luther Island in the Bahamas. Okay. Worked at Club Med at a family village. And my job was to take care of take care of kids. Mm-hmm. People would show. Really? People would show up. Family village. People would show up, and they would just dump their kids off at like eight o'clock in the morning, and then not see them again until dinner. Um, and there, here's me and one or two other people who are looking for a fun, worldly adventure. And here we are with like 25, five and six year olds. And you teach them a couple of songs and you take them to the beach, you take them to the pool, the, the scuba instructor teaches them a lesson. I mean, you're outside in the tropics all day. So life was, life was pretty good. Yeah, um, it's pretty cool. That was, that was a good job. So that was, that was living there. And, um, I lived in, um, I lived in Italy for a month of my life. Mm. Um, a really... Sort of, I'll admit fully. Sort of not a failed, but just sort of a a really weak attempt at making money modeling. Um, but oh, it, really? but it was all paid for. <laughs> when was this? I was How old this. Were you? This was in I was 20, 27. This was like June nineteen ninety five, and okay. and I got I got offered all this money from this company to go, and they were going to pay for everything, and I wasn't going to pay for anything. I'm like, okay, this it seems. I'm like, this seems like a scam. I've heard of so many people having this not work out, but if you're going to pay for everything. And I knew one of the guys who sort of worked for the company that was footing the bill. So I'm like, okay, this is at least legitimate enough to get me over there. And I'd never been to Europe. Hmm. Um, and I'm like, I got a free trip to Europe. Well, like, why wouldn't I take this? So I literally lived in a hotel with a bunch of people who were doing the same thing. I admit that I didn't really have my heart in it because I knew that I wasn't going to be famous. I didn't really care about any of that. I was like living in Milan, like sightseeing and like going to museums and churches and and seeing paintings and sculptures and things that I'd only ever dreamed about seeing and only, you know, seen pictures and books when I was in school. Mm -hmm. And it was, it was a pretty amazing experience and it was June and it was nice and warm and it was just kind of a really cool experience. And I spoke French, but I didn't speak Italian. So Mm -hmm. I I was like, are those similar or no? Um, I mean, they're both romance languages, but they're pretty—they're pretty, they're pretty What's different. What's a romance language? What Roman- does that mean? Romance language is a is a group of languages: um, French, Spanish, Italian—not um, por- English, Portuguese. Nope, not English. English is Germanic. Um, Germ- Germanic, Germanic, or Germanic, 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 G R, yeah, Germanic. It's 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 derived from German more than anything else. Although English, I always think of English as like the draft beer of languages. It's sort of like the bottom of the barrel. (laughs) It's like the discards from everything else. Like if you really look at languages and if you ever read a dictionary, Mm -hmm. I know how nerdy that sounds if you ever read a dictionary. But if you look at the roots of the words, it's like this word comes from here. This word comes from there. Like almost no English words were... Made up by English people. It's just hmm. it's just the the toss offs from all these other languages. That's hilarious. Um, but I mean, you learn it. You learn a lot about cultures and things just studying that studying that kind of thing too. But um, where were we? We were at we were at traveling and things yeah. of that nature. So Wait, it, so Italy is that where you met DiCaprio? That is where I met the Leonardo DiCaprio. Yes, so you can you yes. tell that story? Um, I can tell. Okay? It, can I tell? I can tell a PG thirteen yeah version you can tell story okay. But so oh. I mean, I met him twice. I met him twice yeah. in, this, in the same trip. Um, I was, uh, boy, I don't know which I don't know which part I can tell here and which part I can't tell. I can you tell, you know, I can tell. I, so ju- l- let me just say it this way: I met him, I met him under <laughs> kind of <laughs> kind of funny um, circumstances in um, a, in a the bathroom of a bar where I was alerted to his presence because, you know, you're used to hearing just people speaking Italian and I was yep. going to the bathroom and I heard like four guys come in with distinct like American English accents. And so let's just say that eventually when I went to wash my hands by the sink and they were hanging around the sink, I kind of just bumped into them and he was, and he was very cool. He was very, he was very polite. I didn't, I didn't pretend that I knew who he was or anything, but we had an interaction just cause I kind of had to yeah. get past him to the sink. Um, and he was, He's very short. <laughs> he was he, he, like he turned. He, he he had his back to me, and he turned around, and there he was. And I was kind of looking looking down several inches. But he was he was very polite, very nice guy. Um, and then I saw him another night, though. And this is the funniest part. This is the story that I can tell yeah. without the without the the f bombs that come along with the story. I was at this place where I guess I don't know lots of celebrities used to like to hang out, mm-hmm. and Reggie Miller of the Indiana Pacers was there, and he was there with his friends who were all like between six, seven and seven <laughs> yeah, just feet. Big guys, yeah. He had like his I mean his group was there. And DiCaprio. So this is DiCaprio, remember like '95. So this is probably around like basketball diaries, Quick of the Dead. This isn't, you know, Romeo and Juliet hasn't come out yet. Titanic certainly hasn't come out. So he's famous, but he's not all worldly famous like mm-hmm. he was at that time. Yeah. And again, he's like five seven, five eight, maybe. I gotta give him some credit. Maybe he's five eight. But Reggie Miller's like seven feet. And he sees Reggie Miller and he immediately Recognizes Reggie Miller, and it's obviously somebody who he's a never met and B he really wants to meet and he likes. Yeah. So he walks up to him, and clearly he's he's had a couple. He's like Reggie Miller, man, how you doing? Reggie Miller looks down, and Reggie Miller wasn't pulling his chain because Reggie Miller clearly had no idea who Leonardo DiCaprio was. I mean, and I think that in itself the story could end there because yeah. it was so funny. But he looks down at him, and he goes, "Who the f are you?" And DiCaprio looks just humiliated. And Reggie Miller turns around with his guys and they just walk away. And DiCaprio's by himself because he's like run ahead of his group yeah, yeah. Of, of friends. And so for this, this beautiful, tragic moment, here's this image. It's so Shakespearean. Here's, here's like the hero, DiCaprio. And he's just standing there like staring at the ground, staring at his feet because like this guy who he wanted to meet <laughs> didn't even know who he was and walked away. So if I learn nothing else from my, from my time in Italy, it's that you know, nobody's that important, I guess. <laughs> Do you think Reggie Miller or DiCaprio remembers that? Probably not. I'm probably the only person in the world who remembers, <laughs> who remembers it. But I, true. as I look you in the eye right now, my friend, I swear to you that it is it is the truth. That is that is exactly how it played out. That's, that's so funny. It was something. So else. you only
0: spent a month in Italy, then?
1: Yeah, it was a month. Hmm. Um, I mean, gr- great time. Learned learned. It's it's just it's just funny how you learn. How different other people are, and how different other yeah. cultures are. And like Milan's a big city; it's several million people. It's it's a it's a big city. Um, but I remember like, you know, you go into a nice restaurant, and a lot of times they didn't have toilets. They had just like the squatters, like the porcelain holes in oh, the floor. Geez. Yeah, I mean, people right now are listening to this, going, "What? What are you talking about?" Yeah, yeah you go to a lot of places in Europe, they don't have huh. they don't have toilets. Um, I remember being on this in this park and being on this like ornamental bridge that would walk over this creek. I remember like leaning over. And seeing all these like big like carp and other fish. And I remember them all scattering and thinking, wow, what spooked them. And the biggest rat man I have ever seen. I've never seen a rat, Connor, bigger in a movie than this rat that came up out of the water and under the shore. And it came towards the end of the bridge. And man, I ran away. I ran to the other side of the bridge and I like I ran, a grown man, and I ran away because of this rat that was like 30 feet away from me. So, you know, you have these weird memories of things. And I remember that rat in Milan because it was going to eat me. That's
0: weird. <laughs> anywhere? Have you been anywhere else in the world? And
1: where would you want to go?
0: I guess is my next. question? Oh,
1: okay. Well, those are good questions too. So, um, so Julie and I on our honeymoon, we went to we went to Bora Bora, Bora Bora. Where in, is that? In Tahiti, in the South Pacific. That's. We had to fly that took, an island. It took a day to get there. Yeah, you had to fly yeah. from Chicago to LA, LA to Tahiti, which is like an eight-hour flight. If you looked on a map, Tahiti's like. I don't know, three hours due south of Hawaii, like it's okay. that far south. Okay. Then we had to get on another plane to fly 45 minutes to get to the island, Bora Bora, that we were on. And then we had to take a little boat to get to the mainland because it's sort of this little mountainous island, sort of volcanic, um, surrounded uh. by this this reef. Um, and, I mean, it's as exotic as it sounds. Everything is just incredible, <laughs> different lifestyle. Um the people spoke English. They spoke French, and they spoke Tahitian. So Tahitian. all of the people there were they were trilingual. They all spoke three languages. The French had initially like landed <laughs> yeah. there. I don't know, like a couple hundred years ago. So everybody speaks French, yeah. but they also spoke Tahitian. So that was that was definitely the most exotic place. Yeah, um, that I've ever been. Um, Julie and I went to a wedding a couple um, Christmases ago in Panama City, Panama, not Panama City, Florida, but <laughs> Panama City, Panama, yeah. which was again really cool. It's this big sort of urban city in the middle of the tropics in the middle of the jungle. Um, and we were lucky enough to the, my, my wife's cousin who was getting married, he was marrying a girl from there. And so we got like the little rural tour Mm. for a day and I got to get out of the main drag, you know, out of the hotel and go and see, go and see Panama proper as it were. Um, so, you know, We've like out like many people. We've vacationed, and Julie used to be a flight attendant, and yeah. we go to Amsterdam and go to Paris. So I you know I've had Europe, and I've had my sort of island and I Caribbean. I still love and that South story. Pacific.
0: That's an amazing story.
1: It's you know I think about it every day. I mean, yeah. I see my wife. I think about that story every day. How could I not? I mean, the way that we met was just was just so. <laughs> it's like too extraordinary. Yeah, so, it's like
0: extraordinary, perfect, whatever you want to say.
1: But to. To your other question about where would I want to go? It's such a good question that yep. the answer to that question probably changes every day because, yeah, and it's yeah, funny right. because Colin and I talk about this probably every other day. Hey, where do we want to go? Hey, where do we want to go? Mm-hmm. Um, there were like, I don't know, there were like historically significant places in Northern Africa or in Western Africa. Like I would love to go to Egypt. I would love to go to Morocco. There's a country um, called, that, called that's all Northern Africa. That's right? in Northern, yeah. and then if you go a little bit further south into the West, there's a country called Mali that has this really historically important city called Timbuktu. People mm. people talking you've you've heard like Timbuktu, yeah. What are, but what people they, think yeah. it's fictional. It's a real city. It's existed for for you know hundreds and thousands of years. It was a central trade route in mm. in Africa for forever for so long, and people don't understand the significance of it. Mm. Um, yeah, don't they use
0: that as like a reference, like a, as like like a commonplace? 'cause I've always heard Timbuktu like referenced somehow. It's well, I, I think like often I think I think
1: often it's referenced as a place that's supposed to be really exotic. Like, oh, mm. you might as well go to Timbuktu. Well, mm. I mean it is pretty exotic considering yep. that we live in, in like the middle of North America <laughs> and it's so far There's so nothing. many thousands <laughs> of miles and time zones away. Yeah. Um but it still has this really great architectural cultural heritage that I mm. think would be really interesting. Um I don't know. In in the would you rather Australia or New Zealand? I would pick New Zealand.
0: Well, aren't they? They're close, but they're, are they're they, but are they they're similar. But they're.
1: Um, I think they're. To my understanding, they're entirely different. Hmm. Um, the people are different. Um, you know, hey, they speak English, mm-hmm. but there's there's a distinct accent, and you know, uh, someone from New Zealand will be offended to a point if you think they're Australian, and vice mm-hmm. versa. Um, I don't know. As big and diverse geographically as Australia is, I yeah. think like the mountainous. Lush green of New Zealand is more interesting to, <laughs> to my taste, but hey, everybody's are there different. kangaroos in New Zealand? I don't think there are kangaroos in New Zealand. I think kangaroos are. That might be a deal killer out.
0: for me. I like kangaroos; they're pretty cool.
1: Well, I mean, then you should go to Australia. Yeah, probably. I mean, I think that would be. I think that would be the answer. So, if you and I were to choose, I think that we would you know, fly to the end point, probably to from Chicago to Los Angeles together on the same plane. And then you would take a flight to Sydney and I take a flight to like <laughs> Auckland. in New Zealand, And then I'd see, see after and the then trip. We'd, we'd make sure that we had yeah. like one day in Hawaii or something on yeah. the way back. I don't know.
0: Yeah. That'd be good.
1: Sounds like we're planning something. <laughs> Sounds like it. I hope they have a CrossFit there. <laughs> oh, they do. They have
0: plenty of them there. I think. Yeah, they do. There's some big cross. Oh yeah. There's tons of like Tia's from there, Car Webb's from there. Yep. Yeah. There's plenty. Yep. Yeah, there's big. Is Australia
1: big? Australia is um, well. First of all, it's the sixth largest country in the world. Really, um, it is.
0: Huh.
1: Smaller only than Russia, Canada, the United States, China, China, and Brazil. Oh wow! Those are the only countries that are bigger than Australia. Huh. Um, it is yeah. It's huge, and it's but again, it's like you know when people when people talk about Australia, I think they and I've never been. I'm not speaking as a from a from a standpoint of expertise on Australia. It's so diverse, and there's there's you know desert and there's rock and there's shrub and there's different totally different indigenous peoples mm. that live on it and then there's these crazy beautiful urban centers yep. and then there's the reef that we hope is not destroyed as people try to save it and it's it's a pretty diverse place with a lot of with a lot of wildlife. Mm-hmm. So this wouldn't
0: be a podcast with you without talking about Canada.
1: All right So what do you, what do you want to know?
0: Who's your favorite enter like any Canadian entertainer? That could be an artist, movie star, can, can, anybody.
1: Okay. I, I'm going to ask for a division or like a specificity on this. Are okay. we talking about a group or are we talking about a single person?
0: Hmm.
1: We'll do separate. So do person,
0: then group. All right. Um, it sounds
1: like you wanted to say a group. Um, well, no, it doesn't matter. I mean, it doesn't yeah. matter. Um, so if anybody that I ever went to school with listens to this, <laughs> they, would, they would call me liar if I didn't tell you that my favorite Canadian performer of all time was Brian Adams. Okay. Um, man, when I was a kid, it was it was Brian. I had I I you know, I didn't just know every lyric to every song. I like I read up on him as much as we could. This is all pre-internet again. Um, you know, loved Brian Adams. Still, what listens.
0: was so special about
1: him? I don't know. I, mean, I, I just, like his music. Then, I thought generally. I thought there was something cool about this guy who was just sort of Joe Average looking, wore the leather jacket and the white t-shirt, like nothing nothing flashy. Yeah. and he just sort of you know his first two albums were not very commercially well received and he kept plugging and he kept plugging and i don't know it was just it was a sound that was a little poppy a little rock uh, sort of the 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 combination of in between that i liked at that time mm-hmm. and i don't know as he kind of changed as an artist i liked i liked how he changed up to a point and then i i stopped listening to to stuff after a certain point but he was by wow, what he, happened he to was different i just you know you you and can still like, make music now he still does You can, and he also writes a lot of music. Like he's written, he's written songs for for Kiss. I mean, he he's yeah, and he's written. You know, he's one of those guys who, if you if you read labels and you read, you know, who who wrote the song, you you see his name show up a lot of the time, and it's it's really surprising. But you know, it doesn't matter who your favorite artist is. Sometimes they get to a point where you're like, okay, I don't really like that album. I don't like that. It's okay. It's okay to admit that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's it's okay. I don't think you're you're poo pooing on the person too much. Mm -hmm. Um, And when you write music. Are you writing it with
0: for, for a specific person? Like, would he be like, "Hey, I'm going to write this song, and it sounds like it'd be a kiss song." Like, is, does that happen? Or do you oh just kind of, like, sell like, it a, to like well,
1: I don't like I don't write music, so I don't yeah. know. And I would never want to. I would never want to speak for somebody who has a talent that is completely. So I feel like void you would, right? Because you do um, the
0: style. You kind of study the artist and I mean, do the style.
1: I mean, it's funny because I guess you know you you hear a song sometimes that resonates with you, mm-hmm. and, I, and you're like. Man, how did how did they how did he know? How did she know? How did they know? How did they know that like this is like exactly yeah. what I was thinking at that time? I don't know. I mean, I see Craig jaminal to, to the Red Hot Chili Peppers a lot. A and lot. I love the Red Hot Chili I peppers, love the Red and the peppers and too. like like when the chili peppers come on and he's not expecting them. Yeah. Like you can see he just it, it changes everything, everything everything moves up a level it's and true. he gets really and excited. He's, he's
0: a very mellow person too. So, so, so they, they <laughs> so
1: the chili peppers speak to Craig. I mean yeah. sometimes a song or a band or a performer like speaks to you, speaks to Would me, you. Would so. you say that
0: you have an artist that speaks to you?
1: Um, I mean, I have, I guess, I have songs that song? speak to okay, me. Look, what, what I'm, are they? I'm, but I'm still, I'm still a Beatles fan at heart. I mean, yeah. I really am because you know, there's like Yellow Submarine, well, Let It Be. My favorite Beatles songs aren't usually the most popular ones, and again, it's sort of like somebody says, "Hey, what's your favorite?" Okay, so you're asking me what's my favorite Beatles song. My answer is, it depends on the day, hmm. um, like the mood or the day, kind of both. You know, because they're, I think they're, they're catalog is so rich and mm-hmm. one day you're in one mood and you're like you know, and you might say okay i want to hear this song and you go again i couldn't do this as a kid you go into youtube and you're like i want to hear this song yep. um so today in fact i'm driving alec home from teen class in crossfit <laughs> yep. and there was this weird noise somebody dropped a barbell in the gym and it made this weird reverb and it reminded me immediately of the beginning of the song i feel fine by the beatles mm. which has this weird sort of and it sounds like it's a mistake And it actually was a mistake What happened was somebody in the recording studio Bumped into an amp And there's this feedback And George Martin was their producer and he kind of did this with his hand. He's like, keep rolling, keep rolling. And they actually kept it in the song. It wasn't supposed huh. to be in the song. So the song, next time you hear the song, I Feel Fine, you hear this. It's sort I don't of think a, I've ever heard that song. It's sort of. A, it's not
0: he, like the R.E.M. song. You, it's the end of the world, as we know it. No,
1: <laughs> no. this is this is like 1965. But I'm telling you, you yeah. would recognize the song if you okay. heard it. I promise you, your parents once in your lifetime as a child <laughs> played the song, I Feel Fine, whether it was on the stereo or in the car radio. I promise you, you hear okay. it. But there's like a bump and then like a vibration. Huh. And then it goes into the first guitar chord and it was an accident and i heard wow. this weight drop today and i'm like oh man huh. that's like i feel fine and we got in the car and i was like dad let's go and i'm like no i want to hear the song and <laughs> so we pull out of the parking lot and it's and it was yeah. you know so you know it depends it depends on the mood depends on the song whether it's that had nothing to do with the lyrics mm-hmm. that had just to do with like a sound that i heard mm-hmm. in the gym so so then what's your favorite brian adams song my favorite brian adams song geez that's a question that i haven't been asked in probably 30 years my favorite <laughs> brian adams song um man i don't know i think if i can narrow it down to 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 one or two um i'd have to say cuts like a knife that's a good one. Is, is a favorite and it's such a it's such a goofy video um, i bet I you've never se- i bet you've never seen the video it was just when videos were sort of becoming mainstream and they're they're like in a swimming pool that's empty, and him and the <laughs> band are like air air yeah. playing in this. And there's like this presumably like his love interest, this girl, and she's like up on the she's walking up the the tower to the ten meter platform, <laughs> and then she jumps, but then she comes up all wet and magically like the pool is filled yeah. with water. It's it's just really strange.
0: Yeah, I always wonder where they get to some of those videos or some of those ideas for those videos. You
1: say. know, I often wonder if it's if it's the artist's idea or it's like the director and they just mm. give like. Somebody who's supposedly a good director, and mm-hmm. they just kind of signed signed their mm-hmm. signed the rights away to it. I don't know. <laughs> definitely, again, not my definitely not my yeah. expertise.
0: So, what about group? You mentioned group earlier. What about Canadian group? Oh man, I love Rush.
1: And, Rush. And Rush yeah, pe- yeah, that was people, news to me when you told me that. I didn't know they
0: were from Canada. People
1: have they're from Toronto. Yeah, people have a love hate relationship with Rush. It really is one of those bands. I think people either really love them or really hate them. Um, I was thinking why. About,
0: why would you hate them, or why would you? The,
1: it's such a unique style. Yeah. That it doesn't... They do have a good sound. It doesn't... I don't know. Again, it doesn't resonate with a lot of people. Um, I, I was always impressed. They're, they're a three-man band. Now, when they're in concert sometimes and they've got all the... Lights and bells and whistles. They might have another person or two on stage, Isn't but like
0: the, the drummer with the big Neil Pert, who he, who like, just it. recently
1: who just recently passed away, and Alex Lifeson was the guitarist, and Geddy Lee played both bass and keyboards. And like in concert, he would play them both. Like he'd be at the keyboard playing, and then it was time to play bass. He'd like, and sometimes he'd play one with one hand and one with the other, but it didn't sound <laughs> like cool. this poppy sort of weak like beep 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 stuff like i mean they were doing so much and you'd think mm-hmm. wow there's like six seven guys in this band no there were three guys mm-hmm. and so i don't know yeah, rush rush is my answer for favorite sure. favorite rush song my favorite rush song is subdivisions
0: i think i think i only know tom sawyer <laughs> it's
1: it's a well tom sawyer tom sawyer is from the same era it's from just okay. before that but subdivisions was a song about growing up in the suburbs in a okay. subdivision um in which we are yeah. finding ourselves right now in barrington <laughs> And sort of the the plastic cookie cutter lifestyle and how people, it's hard for a kid to realize their dreams when sort of everything has been programmed for you. Mm -hmm. And it's this sort of really anti-establishment, anti-programmed song um, from 1983. It's
0: like an, it's an old song. So when you were a kid, did you have any American artists that you liked?
1: I mean, growing up in Canada half to two thirds of what we consumed TV, radio, media was, was American. So, I mean, I didn't necessarily even for a long time as it could make the distinction to me, it was almost one in the same. I knew I was Canadian. I knew I was from Canada, but we watched American TV. We watched our hockey teams play American hockey teams. And, um, you know, and then we've got Montreal and Toronto playing baseball. We watched American baseball teams. So I, and again, I lived, I often, not often, I think, all the time, you know, with my dad living or my dad being in the Air Force, we lived close to the American border, so we would always get American TV stations, and so I would become fans of of whatever bands or teams or, or whatever the case was that were that were within like the sort of um, broadcast range from where I was living. So I didn't, while I was Canadian, and certainly when the Olympics would come around, I would cheer for Canada. I mean, I watched American sports and listened mm-hmm. to American music and and watched American TV with just the same sort of fervor that I did with with Canadian, for mm-hmm. sure. I'm cool. you know I'm a dual citizen and I really yeah. I really feel I really feel like I'm a, I'm a child of both countries.
0: So yeah. So let's bring this back to CrossFit before we wrap up. So RP, we already talked about that, but what like what you mentioned like the body weight clean and jerk goal. What else <laughs> you kind of like? About the gym, what else kind of goals you got? What do you got coming up? What are you
1: hoping to do? I mean, I don't know. I just, I want to, I want to keep, I want to keep, first of all, I want to keep feeling good. Mm-hmm. I want to keep. Is that kind of the goal? Just to get in there? And I feel mean, good? I think, I think in the back of my mind it is because mm-hmm. like you, I'm not going to go up to the goal board and put keep feeling yeah. good because <laughs> <laughs> that would seem kind of trite. But I mean, that's, that's really what it all boils down yeah. to. Feeling good as long as, 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 as good as you can, as long as you can. Because, yep. you know, what's the use if, you know, you're, you're the guy who's watching his kids play something because you're to <laughs> your knees or your hip or your back are too crappy to, to be playing sports with your kids. So that's kind of what was sort of like a realization I had maybe seven or eight years ago before I started crossfitting. But I don't know. I mean, general goal. Yeah. Just to keep, to keep going, to keep a routine, to keep getting up, to keep feeling good. Um, and when people thank you for like yelling with them or at them or encouraging them in the gym that's a good feeling in itself i might have had a crappy workout but if i said something to somebody else that helped them do one more rep or cut like three more seconds off their time then good hey man mission accomplished if i didn't do something new for myself that day i helped somebody else do something and i like i really do feel that like if you could just that's an amazing thing about crossfit if you if you can just you know you hey show up get out of bed first Mm. once once the foot hits the floor The the battle is half over. The alarm goes off. You're like, oh, first phase is four. You're done. You're already up. Get up. Go and go Mm -hmm. to the gym. And if you can not do something for yourself, if you can do something for somebody else, or you can do both if you're really lucky and it's a great day, then, I mean, it makes you feel better and it changes. I don't know about you. I have a feeling we look at this the same way. It changes my whole day Mm because I work out so early. I'm in a good mood the whole day and I can think about something. And if you're having a bad day, you're like, oh, but think about like you really dug down this morning and you've got that extra rep or you made somebody else feel better. Hmm. You know, maybe that's a little bit of the teacher and the parent in me, but like you made somebody else feel better. And it's a good feeling. And even if I had a crappy workout, you know, I double under stunk or whatever it was, um, somebody else did something that they thanked you for. And I mean, that's a pretty good feeling. But as far as um as far as just specific goals, I don't know. I want to keep I want to keep competing. Um, I want to do, you know, festivist for me is a good, I mean, it's a good level because yeah. I'm not a big, huge single rep max person. However, if the diet works well and the, and the, the strength works well, maybe I can, you know, jump it up and I don't know, maybe when I'm, you know, 54, 55, and mm-hmm. I can move up one more age category yeah, yeah. <laughs> and be at the bottom end of that age category then I can, then I could do a little bit better. Yeah, but yeah. it's like... I, Again, it's, but it's like we were talking about with like the New Year's resolution. Like, it's good to have goals, but it's good not to have too many mm-hmm. things that that becomes the purpose. It's like, as a teacher, I always think kids focus too much on the grade and they stop mm-hmm. thinking about what they're learning and they yeah. stop thinking about the process of learning. Just, just learn with me. Come on, let's just get through this and your grade is going to get better because you're learning and you're becoming a better person because you're learning. I think in the gym, if I just, you know, have a goal, have always like some goal, otherwise you're meandering. But if you have a goal, go for it. And then other like collateral benefits sort of come along and Mm -hmm. like me meeting you, man. I mean, (laughs) my life is better because I know you. It it really (laughs) is. Thank you. You know, and and CrossFit brought us together. Mm -hmm. So here it is. It's
0: true. You're so intense in the gym. Where where (laughs) does that intensity come from? I'm curious. I mean, I I think a lot of people are. I, I don't know. It's funny. I think not in a bad, like in a good way. No, I, I know. I, I
1: take I, I I take it as a compliment. It's you know. It's funny because I um I think that people if I don't know, if, it's almost as if they they see if you're intense. It's not that I want to be left alone because if you hear like in the back, like you don't want like six people if you're like one of the last people mm-hmm. to, to finish your yeah. workout. And yeah. You're like, come on, Eric, come on, Eric. All that all that tells me is like, oh man, I'm the la- everybody's finished because they're like watching me. But it's always good to hear your voice, mm-hmm. or to hear somebody else's voice call your name. Um, I don't know. I think the intensity just comes from you know what's best for you, right? Yeah. Other people are well intentioned. Other people are meaning, and I love feedback, and I love people being kind. But you know, only you know what's best for you, and I think sometimes you have to like yell at yourself, and you have to you have to push. And then I think then sometimes if you do that and people see how hard you're doing it, I'm certainly not thinking of other people when I'm yelling at myself. I literally am yelling at myself. And, I, <laughs> and I'll, I'll never call myself by my first name, but I'll third person call myself by my last name. Oh, come on, Stuart, like yeah, do yeah, one yeah. more. Like, come on, Stuart, you wuss, come on, do one more. Yeah, 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 and I'll just like, I'll scream at myself. Um, and I think it's because I don't live most of the rest of my life that way. That That's my one outlet to be like really friggin' focused and intense and then it's done, and the time goes, or your RAM wrap is over, your your workout is finished, and then you catch your breath and you're like, okay. And then you put everything back into perspective. And that's like, it's very compartmentalized, but that's when I can just be sort of, you know, crazy Eric and and beat up on myself. So you're only really like that in the gym? Yeah, I don't know. Or maybe when I watch like a Winnipeg Jets hockey game. <laughs> I'm sure my sons will attest to the the salty language that I'll use. If Are they if, good? I have no idea. Well, speaking of, 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 COVID and Canada and all kinds of things. I they just released the schedule. They are good. They made the playoffs last year again. Um I suffered for many years as a kid having a team
0: that was not very good. (laughs) Didn't they used to have a different name? No, they actually
1: they actually always were the Jets. They completely changed their they completely changed their logo when they they lost their team in ninety six to Phoenix and then they inherited the Atlanta Thrashers team like about ten or twelve years ago. But Hmm. this year they just announced a couple days ago the NHL is gonna have like an abbreviated schedule and they're gonna start like in three or four weeks. They made an all Canadian division. And I believe the teams are only going to play teams to be like COVID sort of bubblish yeah. within their own division. So okay, Winnipeg so is only going to play the other well, six got, Canadian like, teams. Calgary. Oh, okay, here's a test. Everybody, okay. <laughs> I'm real everybody, if you can see the smile on my face in this microphone right now. Connor Warman is going to be tested right now. Who are the seven Canadian teams in the National Hockey League? Maple Leaves. Okay.
0: Calgary Flames. hmm
1: He's laughing. He's like the microphone is shaking. He's laughing so hard. Winnipeg Jets. All right. There's three. There's three more. There's there's four more.
0: There's Four more.
1: You've got Shoot. Calgary, Toronto, and Winnipeg.
0: Shoot, that might be all I know.
1: Think West Coast. West Coast city just north of Seattle. A couple hours.
0: Oh man, <laughs> it's not Toronto because Toronto's no. on the other side. It starts with a V. V. Vancouver Canucks. Vancouver Canucks. Okay, all right, Na- another
1: city that's north- Montreal Canadiens. Montreal Canadiens. Nice five. Six All right. Now six. the other two cities start oh, with v- the other two cities start with vowels. One of them vowels. is in the same province as Calgary. It's about two hours north. Buy a vowel. A vowel. Would you like to buy? Think of my first name. E. <laughs> okay. What well, Canadian city starts with E? Gretzky used to play there. Oh geez, that
0: doesn't help me. I don't know anything about
1: Gretzky. The Edmonton Oilers. Okay. Oh yeah. Okay. Edmonton. And then the were last. Were they an original six team? Um, no, no, no. They were not an original. Okay. Toronto and Montreal were original six teams. Okay. Edmonton. And the, you got one more. Um... It's the capital of Canada. <laughs> it starts with a vowel.
0: <laughs> oh. Oh, no. uh, on the Ottawa, what are they, the senators? The Ottawa senators, right. there it is. Okay. Very my, man, friend, you, my friend, you <laughs> my friend
1: you scored much higher than most on that test. Very well done. So they're only going to play each other. I think that's I think that's what they're looking at. I, I read something about they're playing like, you know, seven or eight times Against each team, so I think that's what's going on.
0: That's crazy, just because like no travel across borders and stuff.
1: Um, I think that actually might have something to do with it. Um, and then they, I think they just wanted to keep teams within a bubble. And then mm. when the playoffs come, I don't know. I guess all hell breaks loose. You just hope everybody's been vaccinated by then. So
0: yeah, seriously, because that'll be in the spring, late spring, early summer, right? I, I think that's so. Yeah. to do the playoffs. Yep. But. All right, man. Well, thanks a lot for joining me. Hey, man. Thanks for having me. Thanks for the quiz. No one's ever done that. It was good. (laughs) Well,
1: you. hey, I knew that you would come through. I knew you'd come through with flying colors, my friend. So yeah, thanks, Eric. You are so welcome, Connor. Good to see you, my friend.
0: And thank you, everyone, for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the podcast. We'll see you next week for another episode of the Up Before You podcast. Thank you, everyone, and have a great day.